The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. You're never gonna make it, you're not good enough There's a million other people with the same stuff You really think you're different, and you must be kidding Think you're gonna hit it, but you just don't get it It's impossible, it's not probable, you're irresponsible Too many obstacles, you gotta stop it, yo You gotta take it slow, you can't be a pro Don't waste your time no more Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I don't give a damn if you say you disapprove I'm gonna make my move, I'm gonna make it soon And I'll do it cause it's what I wanna fucking do Gents, I am Duve And this is the 16 Ounce Podcast Usually I have my partner in crime my boy jay here with me but he's on vacation well deserved my man so i'm gonna take care of this um so first and foremost i want to welcome you guys this is episode four and we had probably one of the most exciting weekends i've ever sat through um i watched both the Usyk and joshua 2 fight um i watched uh, ufc 278 <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, so we got some business to take care of. So first thing we are going to hit will be UFC 278. And if you know me, <laughs> you know I like excitement. And I'm not going to lie to you, Leon Rocky Edwards as the new welterweight champion of the world is very, very it's such a good story, like, especially if you know the type of things that this guy has been through, uh, the type of, of luck he's had with um, the fights that he's made in the past, just having either uh, fights haven't going down or the eye poke, which is unfortunate, like, you know, it always seemed like people were skipping over this guy and nobody was ever giving Leon the, the credit that he deserved, and he, he didn't lose since... He lost to Usman. So I think for <clears throat> um, everybody that was counting him out, that was kind of, uh, I wouldn't say idiotic, because, you know, like, you know, everybody has their own opinion and is entitled to it. Um, I just, I always, like, like I said, the week before the fight, this fight was already built up, and it got more amplified with a week left to go, because um, you realize, like, we had... So this was a fight. This was a big monumental fight. Both guys are on a winning streak for, like, years. So it's like, you know, it's like two at the top, the creme of the creme. I'm having a fight and proving to see who's the best in the world. And Leon came out with it this time. So um, it's, it was just touching to see the reaction that he got. Um, it was uh, It was just great all around. According to, like... If we're talking about the actual finish, that that was so, so, like, just so perfectly executed by Leon. Um, and it all comes with the technique that he carries, that striking technique. It's, like, very unique. Um, he's very, like, unorthodox. Like, I mean, he's sharp, but he's, like, very, very picky with his shots. And he may not have a lot of power, but Leon definitely showed that he can you know, cut it up when he has to. And he definitely put, he put him out. It was a knockout. I want guys to remember that, all right? He kicked him in the head, shin to temple. It was like, it was so good. It was such a good kick. No follow-up punches needed. Like, And to pull it out with like in the fifth round with one minute left to go, like, it reminded me of a Rocky movie. <laughs> a really good Rocky movie. Um, and it was just man, I'm not gonna lie to you, like the corner exchanges and like even his wrestling was even though it wasn't up to par the whole fight, like Leon had a takedown, which is crucial. So um for him to pull out the W with such a well timed kick, the feint with the kick, like and taking out probably like the greatest welterweight champion in history, like I think everybody would agree, that's that's an impressive accomplishment. So, I mean, for sure, I'm looking forward to three, um, <clears throat> which we're going to get into in a little bit. But as far as that fight, that was great. So, yeah, no complaints from me. That 
I mean, it wasn't everybody's fight, especially like the first four rounds of it. Everybody, not people, a lot of people like the little wrestling thing, but you do what you got to do. That's why the guy was on the top, man. That's why Kamaro's been on top for so long because he knows what to do to stay in that position. And he can pull it out any way he has to. So, I mean, credit to Leon, though, man. Leon got it done. Leon Rocky Elvers, and I'm so excited for that guy. Um, yeah, we will get into Usman versus Edwards 3 in a little bit. Um, it's not announced yet, but we're pretty sure that's what's coming. So, yeah. Um, um, as far as what else is on the card, we have Paula Costa defeat Luke Rockhold. And um, if you're watching the post-fight interview, you saw that uh, Rockhold uh, retired. Um, so just to address that, um, Luke Rockhold will probably go down as, like, one of the more elite fighters in the middleweight division, probably ever. Um, his physique was out of this world. The, his kicking power is crazy. Um, the wars he's had, especially with Bispink and, like, all these guys, like, uh, Weidman, like, I I can't say enough about Luke Rockhold. I mean, as a person, yeah, he's kind of strange, but... Um, nowadays, who isn't? <laughs> um, everybody has that one thing. So, um, yeah, he, but you can see that he took, this was his life. He lived, breathed, and did martial arts. So, um, for somebody being that, that age that he's at, uh, he's 38 right now. Um, you know, um, for him to call it right now, it's just a good time to call it, you know. And to be honest, the fight itself, it was not a go, not a bad way to go out. So, um, more on the fight itself, um, yeah, what a war, uh, fight of the night, obviously, um, I already knew, I called this, <laughs> I thought this was gonna happen, I mean, when you have two guys like this who really want to get after it, who really want to prove something to, um, who really want to prove something to, to not only the world, but to themselves also, like, like when you watch the vlog series and stuff, you see how devoted these guys were to um this camp and this fight and it's like it almost felt like a title fight for both guys. And that's the type of energy like you would want out of your fighters. So they definitely brought that in and each guy definitely came in on par. But obviously, you know, the age caught up to Luke and he started getting tired a little early, not to mention the elevation Salt Lake, so you know that was going to be tough either. <laughs> um, it was going to be tough either way for him. But he did. Hey, he, he gave what he could. He gave it a gritty. He showed the heart. He showed the passion. Uh, that gritty, gritty, like, nature and attitude that he has. He, like, carried it with him to the fight. Um, and honestly, uh, he has nothing to be ashamed of. Luke Rockhold has had a hell of a career. Um, and... He, yeah, I think he'll definitely be regarded as one of the best middleweights to do it. Um, just he's just he's just a unique talent. So uh, we wish him luck for sure. I, I do wish Luke Rockhold luck and whatever he decides to do. I hope he sticks around in Mayfield because he's very very interested in this, and I would love to hear him as like an Atlant- an uh, an analytics type guy. You know, like break it down. You know, um, as far as for Paulo Costa, hey, he came in here trying to prove a point you know what i mean um and he did exactly that uh he made sure to utilize that striking uh the wrestling wasn't much for him to be worried about um those kicks were his combos were just he looks real good right now um i think you can easily say that like you know the the izzy thing was more of like a thing of the past um with paula costa i know he had like a little rough patch after that but he definitely he definitely did his thing that fight. Um, and it sh- it kind of shows the leaps and bounds that he's trying to take to be a complete fighter, especially in the big moments, because this was a big fight. I mean, a lot of people had, like, their eye on this fight, even though we we're talking about the main event. But a lot of people were really looking forward to <clears throat> this fight and obviously earned fight of the night for what it turned out to be, which was, like, a brawling like a brawling classic, you know. I liked it. Um uh so as far as Paulo and where he goes from here, I think he needs another fight. Um I would say another fight probably against a top 5 guy. Um 
it's too early to go after. Well, yeah, he he already went after Izzy. Um, but he only he's only had one fight, so, um, you know, probably go after like a Cannoneer or, uh, try and prove your medal against uh, Vittoria again. Um, you know, like. Just keep up to par. Whoever it is, it has to be a top five opponent. Keep him sharp. And if he wins, I could see Costa getting another shot at um, the title. It just depends on what happens with Izzy and Pereira, obviously. Um, so um, we just have to kind of stick around and wait around to see, like, what happen- what actually unfolds. But Paulo Costa put himself in a good position. So um, he's gaining some good momentum right now. And I do think that whenever it comes to him getting another title shot, uh, I don't think we'll see him fumble the bag um, like like before. You know, I don't I don't think we'll have to see that um, happen. I think he'll definitely come into the fight more mature. And hey, you never know, man. I, I say Paulo is a future champion. So agree to disagree if you want. I mean, the guy has all the tools, and I think he's back on track. So that was the co-main, and that was a hell of a fight. So if you didn't watch it. You might want to go watch it. All right. <laughs> anyway, so besides that, we have Mirab defeat Aldo, Jose Aldo. Um, you know the crowd was very electric for um Aldo and hey Mirab got it done. Um, uh, he he did it against a savvy vet. Uh, and he you know he kind of showed you know like there's a uh, that he's ready. He's ready for uh. He's ready for a shot down the line. He's ready for elite competition. So that's uh that's something to look forward to as far as um Jose Aldo. Uh I think he needed um you know what, I don't think he's done yet. I think he's still in the prime of his life. He probably has like a couple more years. Like I w I'd probably say he can he can probably extend his abilities and his stuff to like the thirty eight, thirty nine range, kinda like a Luke. Uh, he takes real good care of himself, so I wouldn't say he's like the last push for Aldo. It's just a little step back, um, or a little setback. Sorry, but the fight, the fight itself was actually it was pretty competitive. Um, Mirab definitely did his thing to fight his style and fight his fight and um, elevation again. Like I don't know what it was. I guess throughout the whole night, you can kind of see like the elevation in Utah was kind of like getting to a lot of people. Like a lot of people were kind of tired, and like I've I was thinking to my like my good friends watching this, I was like, man, I don't know if you ever seen somebody like. Have you ever seen so many people so tired, like, like just cast out, you know? Um. So yeah, uh, it was definitely uh, an obstacle for everybody to have to deal with when they're there. Um. But yeah, the like I said, the fight itself was actually good. Um, Mirab would probably be waiting for a shot because that division is a little stacked right now. Um, but you know, uh, you know, we got Sterling versus Dillashaw coming up. We have O'Malley versus Jan. Um, maybe, maybe Mirab can fight the winner of Jan, um, of Jan or, and, um, O'Malley, or he could fight the loser of that and, you know, probably gain some more momentum. Uh, whatever the case is, I think either way he's, he's ready for that, um, for that shot. So, um, either way, uh, I'm kind of uh, interested to see what what happens. Um, but Aldo, I think Aldo still has more in the tank. So let's not, you know, let's not get a little bit too lost in that defeat. Um, I think you know he'll bounce back in a good way. He ain't gotta worry about nothing. Um, but that was that was it. And may I definitely prove he's that guy. Um, so yeah, back to. The main event, I'm just going to dwell on it a little bit more. Uh, actually, I'm going to dwell on, like, the third fight or the trilogy that we all expect, um, I think, at this point. Um, I think the UFC has... Uh, I don't think they realize it. Maybe they do, you know. But this is arguably the most hyped trilogy fight um, in a while. Uh just because of like the the first two fights, I mean the first fight was um two different fighters, yeah, and like the and like a they were both green, 
And they were just like trying to find contention. You know, they were trying to find themselves in that ranking system. And uh, Kamaru pulled it off. But, uh, you know, like I said, there was, they, they were like too young back then. You know, you really couldn't, um, excuse me, judge either guy back then. And then they both went on to be like just beasts in, in their prime, like after the first fight. Leon never lost after losing to Usman, and Usman never lost in the UFC. So, like, the 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 second fight, the build to that, it, though it wasn't amplified at first because everybody kept counting out Leon, but for sure, like, the second the second fight had was built up massively, I thought, um, and it should have been. So... You know, and then for the second fight to go out the way that it did, you know, with a KO, a knockout, like, comeback, uh, a comeback story. Like, Leon Rocky with, like, literally five, a minute left in the fifth round, and he just delivers a kick out of nowhere. So, and now you have a new World Away champion. So now the third fight, this third fight is, like... This is massive, especially if Dana's serious about doing it at Wembley, which, look, I know you have to be careful because outside venues, you know, you can deal with weather and it might mess up a lot of things. But at the same time, man, you're selling out Wembley Stadium or a soccer stadium or a football stadium. That's a big step for the UFC. Like, and I think... and. As far as the UFC, like, I feel like the UFC has fights in their pocket that they can sell out sh- stadiums with, you know? Uh, so, I know Dana said something about Wembley, and that would actually work. Uh, I don't I don't see uh, I don't see why Usman versus Leon 3 in, in Wembley Stadium in the UK wouldn't be insane. I think that would sell out. Um, so, I think that would be a massive, massive fight. Um, as far as like, you know, since this is an early preview, I don't want to really give out predictions, but I will give out like little tips or like what could, what each guy could, um, um, improve on. So going into the third fight, I think Kamaro, I don't think Kamaro really has to change anything. The only thing I would tell him is to probably work on. Some head movement, you know, probably like like work work on work on getting him to like not be so stationary, um, because at the end of the fight it looked like he was like you know even when Leon landed the kick, though he was dominating up to that point, you could see visibly he was tired. It might have been Salt Lake, you know, like I said, it could be the elevation, um, that could be that could have been a big thing, and I'm pretty sure it was, um. But, yeah, I think uh, if I'm Kamaro, like, your wrestling is great. I would probably work on trying to, like, work off your back a little more just so if you do end up there, it's not so bad. Because Kamaro's great on the top, but I'm from the floor. I've never really seen him, like, really work so well from the ground, you know, like, from the back up. So I would say, like, you know, just polish up on the wrestling a little bit and, you know, get the head movement. Um, other than that, Kamara was dominating the whole fight, so I don't think he really has to do anything drastic. I just think he has to polish up on those fundamentals, man, and come back and get those belts. As far as Leon, I think Leon, uh, yeah, like like I said, he was losing the fight up until the fifth round. So us... Us as the people who watch it, the people who dissect it, the people who take it all in, you know, like all the drama, the adrenaline and everything, you know. When you look at how Leon won, it was really a perfect finish. It came out of nowhere, right? But before that, people will argue that he was getting smoked, aside from the first round. So, um, if I'm Leon... I I wouldn't even I I you know I'd polish my striking just cuz you know you want to touch up on your striking you want to keep that sharp but I definitely definitely would go OP on the wrestling like even BJJ like just like try and dedicate most of your camp to that cuz I feel like with a guy like Leon striking is so easy already not I don't want that to sound so like 
I don't want to make that sound so like easy to do. I'm just saying like for him, for a guy who fights like how he does, the striking and like the angles that he throws and stuff like that, like it really doesn't, you know, he doesn't really have to worry too much about that because he has muscle memory for the most part, you know. Um, so I would say just like he has to, I, I think he would have to freshen up on the wrestling a little bit, sharpen up on that. Um, you know, obviously keep the striking in tip top shape, you know, keep yourself in good shape, uh, keep your cardio up and come back for another five round classic. Cause that's what he's going to need to walk out with those belts again. So, um, no doubt Edwards versus Usman three would be amazing. Just amazing. So, um, yeah, that, that was UFC 278. Um, you know, I, that, that card did not let me down at all. Uh, the fight, all fights were good. Um, and honestly, I'm really excited to see, uh, what's next really, um, for, for Usman and Edwards, cause I'm really intrigued in this trilogy fight. Um, I'm really in- intrigued in that kind of rivalry now because now these guys are at the top of their game. So we got to do it. Wembley, Dana, do that. All right. But um, with that, uh, that was our UFC 278 recap. Like I said, we will go into Usyk versus Joshua 2 next. But before we do, uh, you know, we have to shout out our first sponsor, which is the GHU Game Station. This is a fun one. It's for adults, kids, parties, whatever you want. It's the GHU Game Station. It's a gaming trailer where Xbox, PlayStation, VR, etc. Current and retro gen gaming experience. And the best part is you can use this trailer any time of the year. It's heated during the winter. It's a trailer, so it's covered if it's raining outside. And have the doors open on a nice day. Need something to spice up your party or even checked out? Oh, sorry party or event check them out at gameheadsunited.com or on facebook at ghu game station so we want to thank ghu game station for um sponsoring us as always so yeah go tune in go check out with them and see what you know you know you should book with them man i mean if you don't like video games in this day and age come on man what are you doing bro come on (laughs) but we're gonna move on like i said to Usyk versus Joshua 2. Um, and we will start with the obvious headline that Usyk retains the titles. And yeah, so uh let's talk about this fight, guys, because um I watched the whole thing. Um I'm not gonna talk about the interview afterwards because I feel like that takes away from what we actually saw, like the actual like skill and like like the actual skill and like the actual like technique and everything that was going on, the drama, the story, like you had a a a war hero damn near fighting for his country. Um you had one of the top prospects in boxing and Anthony Joshua trying to get his titles back for a second time after doing it against Andy um Reese. So this fight was already massive. Um and when I watched it, um like I said, uh, like to break down the fight, because that's what we're going to do is our first point. So, um, AJ really, really came out way better than he did in the first fight. He actually went to the body a lot. He started building combos off of the body shots. Um, he was like trying to work Usyk, um, pressure him, get him into the ropes, make, lean on him and... um do as much as he could to tire Usyk out. And when, you know, he bulked up a little bit and then, like, we always said, like, yo, it won't be anything if he doesn't use that that power to um to the body, you know, because in order to stop a guy like Usyk who relies on footwork and technique and um skill, you have to be able to slow a guy like that down. You can't let him run around the ring too much. Um... And gas you out, especially if you're as big as AJ, because towards the end of the the fight, it can become a real, real issue for you. Um, 
As far so yeah, um, but AJ, like I said, AJ came out clean. He was using the jab. Uh, his head movement was good. His technique was good. His uh, form, uh, the way he threw his punches, the right was looking insane. And like I said, those body shots were working. So, um, excuse me. So yeah, um, AJ literally fought a better fight than he did the first time. And if you heard this podcast multiple times, you hear me say whenever we bring this up that he fought a perfect fight. The first fight, how can you fight better than that? And he somehow did find better uh, or fight better. And that's crazy because he still lost. I want people to know that. AJ fought a more perfect fight than he did the first time. Which we all said if he did, he would probably win. And he still lost. <laughs> now, that's nothing to hang. Like, that leads to the uh, the interview, the post-fight interview. That's nothing to hang um, your head on. Like, And he's right, man. Um, I'm not a fanboy of AJ, you know, or nothing like that. But I can understand where he's coming from when you put your all into this when you're not the prospect when you're not the guy that they're looking for but you turn out to be that guy you know and you have all this pressure on you to like to carry a country and all this other stuff like you know what i mean like you can't you can only imagine what he felt do i agree with the whole the shenanigans out there not Usyk should have had his moment leave it like that okay but you have to understand where guys like that come from who put a lot of work into a sport like this where you can literally die in there. So um, I don't think it was anything that we should judge AJ on. I just think it's one of those things that he can learn from, he can grow, and, you know, um, <clears throat> he doesn't have to dwell on it too much. He made up for it. He gave Usyk his flowers, and there you go, you know. As far as Usyk, man, dude, uh like I said, he got bigger too, but it didn't look like it slowed him down any bit. He looked like he was still bouncy, same unorthodox guy, same guy with the angles. The footwork was nice. He kept um, using that jab. That up that up jab is, like, crucial. Uh, it's more like a power punch for him at this point, but it does so much for him too. So, yeah, like, he did his thing. He, he boxed him. And my thing is... If AJ was going to bring the pressure like to his body like he did, all Usyk had to do was survive that. He just had to survive the onslaught. In round nine, he, he got caught. He got caught, and it was not looking so good for Usyk, you know. But he was able to regain himself like a true champion does. You know, like a true champion picks themselves up, and in the face of adversity, you walk out of your corner after taking your advice, and you're like, you know what? This is it. Like, these last two rounds are everything. These championship rounds are. This is the creme of the creme. This is where champions are made. And he put it down and bit down on that mouth guard. And in round 10, he had AJ shook. And he proceeded to go out there and win rounds 11 and 12. And I thought it was 9-3. I liked the first fight. I scored it just like that. And even and both guys, and it was still a good fight. It was a better fight than the first one. And to still have a 9-3 scorecard, I mean, to me, that just proves how dominant this guy Usyk is. For the one judge that made it a split decision that somehow picked the uh, fight for Joshua, fire that man, bro. Do not let him uh, score another fight ever again. Don't. Don't let him do that. Please don't. Anybody in the world would tell you that was 9-3. There was no way, no way AJ won that fight on any scorecard. But he did improve. So with the actual fight and, like, you know, us breaking down the fight, that was, the fight was really good. So I'm not, uh, I recommend go watching that. As far as the next bullet point, which is what's next for Anthony Joshua. And I think it's very simple. Um, he lost two, uh, he lost two times in a row to Usyk, you know, I think he goes back, steps away, get, you know, work on, stay with Robert Garcia, because I like Robert Garcia for him, I just think he needs to, you know, just work on some of his, like, or, like, toning out those skills a little bit more, man, you know, trying to use your power to, or trying to use your power more, 
to your towards your benefit. You know what I mean? Um, and Robert Garcia is the type of guy that will let you do that because he loves loves like just power punchers, and that's what he got. So I think Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. Granted, Deontay Wilder beats Hellenius in October. That fight is still an enormous fight to make. And now it's even easier to make because no guy has egos because no guy has the belts. And in a world like today where people want action, AJ versus Deontay is the fight to make. It still is the fight to make. It's been the fight to make for years. Um, I firmly believe that even with Fury and Wilder going on, like Wilder and AJ always seem like the match to me. So I feel personally if Deontay can get it done, Hey, man, AJ versus Deontay is the way to go. I think that would be next for AJ. I think that would be a good fight for AJ. Um, Because even though he could get knocked out, we can't say anything about his chin that much. Because look at man. He took some shots against Usyk. And he was still able to hang on. So I think his chin won't be that bad. But that right hand from Wilder destroys everything. So, um, you know, you never know, man. And Wilder's chin isn't all that great either. So... That's a pick 'em fight, and that is a fight. So I, I suggest that Anthony Joshua do that next, um, cause just because I think that that makes the most sense, you know. Um, as far as the last bullet point on this topic, we have Usyk versus Fury for undisputed. So I want to have a moment here where, um. I want you. I want to anybody who's listening to this, right? If you're in a position right now where you can close your eyes, envision something, right? This is what I want you to envision, right? A war hero, a boxing like war hero, elite creme of the creme boxer, top heavyweight in the world, right? Has these titles. He's He's unified champion, not undisputed, but he's unified. His country is in the middle of an invasion. He then goes back to his country to fight, not box, to fight. He does that. He gets granted permission to come back to train. Proceeds to get the fight free in his home country. Just so everybody has something to look forward to over there. And he wins. Okay? That's Alexander Usyk. Now picture this. Picture this. This is where it's all going to, right? You have Tyson Fury. No doubt. No doubt. A top five, probably top ten heavyweight. Ever. No doubt. Okay? So, a guy like him, you know, gained a lot of weight. Went through depression. Left the sport. Came back, made a remarkable change, came back, be one of the top heavyweights in the world, proceeded to take his spot at the top, and it just looked like nobody can touch him. I want people to know, what do you think Usyk will do to Fury after what you just saw, what he did to AJ? Now, I'm not saying that they're the same fighter. AJ and Tyson are not the same fighter. But they have one thing in common against Usyk. They're both bigger. They're both a little bit stronger. And they both have a kind of like a quick skill set. Right? Alexander Usyk has been undisputed champion in cruiserweight. Moved up to heavyweight. Beat beat some very hefty heavyweights, including Derek Chisora. And now he just beat AJ. Two times in a row. Now, here's the thing. One guy wants to fight the one guy with the one belt. Okay? Usyk wants that fight. Are we getting the same energy from Tyson Fury? And I really want you to think about that. Are we getting the same energy from Tyson? And if you're a Tyson fan, you really have to think about that. You have to think, is his mindset on retiring? Is his mindset on fighting? Is he really caring about being the best in the world? Because the other guy, mind you, 
like I said, his country's going through a whole invasion, a whole war right now. And yet he's out here giving performances where it's 9-3, lopsided. You know? So I'm just saying, if Usyk fought Fury, what I want, I just want people to tell me, what can Fury do so, so much better than Usyk? You won't find a lot. And I challenge you to find something that he does so much better than Usyk. Because what we just saw, Usyk, we've seen Usyk can develop, can adapt to any situation, any type of boxer, any fighting style that he has to deal with, you know? And I certainly believe, I just believe that Usyk is much faster than Tyson. His footwork will give Tyson problems. But then again, you have Tyson who knows how to use his size to his advantage. It's just, we got to see the fight, man. But I think Usyk for... Usyk and Fury for Undisputed is what's going to happen next, ultimately. Um, and when it gets announced, we'll talk a little more about it. So, um, But, yeah, so that was Usyk versus Joshua, too. That's what happened as far as that over the weekend. And with that, I will be going straight into our second sponsor, which is Trainwreck Fitness Co. So... We are proud to be sponsored by Trainwreck Fitness and Co., where they make quality clothing that's 100% cotton. T-shirts, hoodies, and tank tops, only colors available right now are white and black. You can check them out and place your orders on Instagram by searching, in all capitals, Trainwreck underscore Fitness Co., in all capital letters. To all to place all orders, send them a DM on Instagram, go follow them, check out their designs. Trainwreck Fitness is savage, not average. And I'm letting y'all know that that's facts, man. I got one of their shirts, and I worked out, and I felt comfortable. Usually when you work out and you're drenched in sweat and you're wearing the wrong material, it feels heavy, it feels stinky, um, it's hard to, like, deal with. You know, it's just very uncomfortable. But, nah, these guys, they definitely, they're definitely on top of it. So if you're a workout freak, get with that sponsor, man. Trainwreck Fitness Co., all right? So go tune in with them. And that leaves us to our other UFC news in which we are going to be talking about the first point, which is Makachev, Islam Makachev, versus Charles Oliveira. A preview on the fight is coming up. Um, It seems like, it seems like, you know, the closer we get to it, even if it's a weekly basis, um, these guys just... It's it's like this fight is getting more amplified. Now, I will say this. Justin says something. Justin Gaethje, if you don't know who I'm talking about. Justin Gaethje says something very interesting at a post-fight press conference for UFC, uh, UFC 278. Um, and he said that he 100% promises that Islam Makachev will not dominate Charles. And I agree. I think... The reason why this fight is so huge is because you have a Khabib 2.0 in Aslan Makachev and Islam Makachev who can do basically everything that he does and his striking is just a bit better. And you have Charles Oliveira who's been through the trenches, who's been through adversity, who's been down and who should have been out in some cases and yet he's the king and probably um, the toughest division in the UFC along with welterweight, you know? So, this fight is massive for many, many reasons. Um, But I just find it kind of uh, crazy that Justin said that because it's it's something that has been peeking in the back of my head that's been, like, poking me, you know, like, oh, what if, you know, like, what if Islam just dominates Charles to make him look easy? But I don't think we should count out Charles. I really don't. Um, he's a champion for a reason. He's been through some wars, and he's come out on top, man. And I think that's what makes this fight so interesting is the unpredictability. The you don't know what's going to happen. You think you know what's going to happen, but you don't know what's going to happen. And I think we learned that with Edwards versus Usman. But this is a great example because this is a top prospect 
coming up, about to do his thing against the top dog in the lightweight division, you know? Um, so this is by all means one of the one of the bigger fights in the UFC for sure. You know, um so I can't wait to see like uh press conferences. I can't wait to see like behind the scenes stuff, training camp vids, like, you know, just dig into this because I really want to talk more about that fight. Um but yeah, I just think cuz you know the quote was recent. So I thought I wanted to bring that up because you you would think, you know, like a guy's a ground guy, and one guy is like very good all around, you know? Um so but one guy looks way more dominant than the other. But then again, we've seen what the champion can do. And do we really think that the challenger, though he has been dominant, can dominate the champion like that? You know? So a little food for thought, but we're gonna talk more about that one when, when you know we get more material. Um, but from the outside looking in, that fight just keeps getting more attention, you know, and it's for good reason. So, yeah. Uh, the next bullet point on our other UFC news is uh, Stipe versus John Jones. Again, we're gonna do a little preview for this one just because it's gaining more traction. It looks like it's gonna happen in December. Um. So John Jones finally making his debut at heavyweight. Um, I think. Look, man, y'all know I believe in competition. I believe in uh, everybody competing on the same playing field and competing for the same thing, and whoever comes out is just simply the best. You know, like, that's that's how I look at certain things. You know, that's how I look at sports overall. John Jones, as you know, has had a history with... um popping on test and uh just like not really being a champion being a that great that excuse me everybody expecting him to be um for me if you pop I can't respect it all right so that's just me you know and people can say whatever they want they can say uh it wasn't PEDs, it wasn't this, it wasn't that, it was coke, whatever you want to say, bro. At the end of the day, you pop on the test twice. Like, look, my thing is, I'm really upset with it because I just feel like John Jones would be John Jones without it, without those PEDs. He doesn't need anything like that. And I just feel like if he was, I hope that the time that he's had away, you know, that he's matured for sure. I want him to come back a different guy. I want him to at least finish his career how he wants it to be, I would assume. As, like, you know, not some type of, like, what if. We don't want John Jones to turn into a what if, you know. At the end of the day, people will probably still call him the greatest. People will still probably call him the greatest martial artist to ever do it. But for me, I can't respect pops on test you know that's just me um but as far as this fight and we're not and you know we get off that topic as far as the fight Stipe and John Jones at heavyweight is a great fight great fight um this is arguably uh John's toughest test yet you know um Stipe is no slouch Stipe is considered to be probably the greatest the greatest heavyweight of all time so, when you have a guy who has a reputation like that, who has a reputation of, like, that caliber, you can't really take him easy. And this is, this is, a, this is a debut fight for Jones at 205. So, um, you have to, well, no, a heavyweight, you know, so you can't take this guy lightly. From what I've seen, I think John Jones will be okay. But I just know Stipe. I mean, I think everybody knows the type of guy that Stipe is. Stipe will make it dirty. Will make it gritty. Um, Stipe striking too is very like. I think his striking is very underappreciated, just because people don't see the power that the man has. You know, it's power that can shake somebody like John Jones. 
John Jones has been shaken by Tiago. John Jones has been shaken by Dominic Reyes. You know, like if I I believe that hey, if Stipe touches him, he starts touching him more, then we have an interesting fight. So yeah, um, like I said, I, I I'm waiting for uh the the press conference. I'm waiting for these embedded series. I'm waiting for like all that and and anatomy of a fighter everything like that's one of those fights where i just want to see as much as i can before um anything else because I, I really want to deep dive into that you know um and that'll just be that that's a good fight for jones well that's a good that's a good um fight to see where how he's gonna look you know as far as physically he looks great so it's just a matter of let's see what he does in the octagon against somebody of that caliber Sorry. Ooh, sorry. It's hot in here, you know. Oh, a lot of talking. You need some water. So, <laughs> anyways. So, that's Steve Bain Jones. Um, uh, also, um, in the UFC world, um, we have two fighters who have, uh, who are coming back to the octagon and that's Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson um so uh Justin Gaethje will be fighting um I can't I can't pronounce this guy's like name so um try to like bear with me (laughs) I guess um but it's fizzy. Oh no, man! You know what? I gotta, I gotta get, I got, I gotta learn how to say this because I couldn't say Mirab's name for some reason. You know, um, <laughs> when we came to talking about Aldo, I just gotta get better with uh, name pronunciations. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Justin Gaethje will be coming back and he'll be facing um him, uh, and he's actually like one of like the top. One of these uh, top prospects coming up. Oh, there he Okay. Rafael Fiziev. Did I say that right? I think I said that right. Oh, yeah. I think I said that right. But, hey, man. Look. He's number seven ranked. All right? Uh, And this is a guy who fights just like Justin. Okay? He wants all that smoke. So I think this is a good fight for Justin to come back with. Um, it's against a top ten opponent, a ranked opponent. Um, and it's a good fight for him to gain momentum. And hey, uh, Rafael has been very candid on calling him out. He said, you know, like w- let's see who the best really is. And hey, man, like another guy, an- another like Russian fighter, and those guys, they just they know they know what they got to do. You know, like they there's a style to those guys that fight over there, you know? Um, but yeah, man, you want to talk about physicality, like a really physical fight. Uh, Justin has his hands full. If you want to talk about physicality, Justin definitely has his hands full with, uh, Rafael Fiziev. Um, and I think that, uh, it's a big fight for Fiziev too. You're a prospect and you knock off Justin Gaethje who's number four ranked, he might be able to jump into a top five. Um, He might be one more fight away still from, like, a championship shot, but he'll definitely be there, you know? Um, uh, And I think that's that's very important for Gaethje um, because I think think Gaethje can still be a champion. Um, I just don't know how he's going to look. You know, after so, such brutal war, especially with Oliveira. So I would hope that Gaethje, uh, um, I would hope that Gaethje comes back and takes care of business, um, and do his thing, man. Get back to trying to get, um, um, get, trying to get back to, uh, um, be that dominant Justin Gaethje, be that brawler Justin Gaethje, the guy that can make any fight go his way, you know, and Gaethje has power, so as long as Gaethje's able to, um, 
as long as it gave uh Gaethje's able to make it useful and you know stay sharp stay stay uh with the one two um and take advantage of wrestling too when you can um because Raphael, he's looking just to strike you. He's looking to just kill you with hands. So, you know, a little bit of ground and pound against a guy like that, you know, use your experience, you know. But, yeah, that's a good fight for Justin. Looking forward to seeing him come back. And Tony will be facing Lee Jinglian. Jinglian at UFC 279. Yeah, I really got to learn these names. Um, But, yeah, obviously, you know, Tony just went through that front kick. Uh, knockout from Michael Chandler. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, when it comes to Tony Ferg, I think, um, I think he's kind of, I think he's at the end of it. Not saying that he should retire right away, because I just think that's wrong to say. Tony's still El Kukui, you know? That's still the guy, man. Alright? Um, but, I just, I don't know, like, I I just feel like, you know, he hasn't had a real string of good luck re- recently, you know, um, and I think it's hurt him, especially uh, after coming off of a knockout so brutal, um, so I, I don't know, and you know what, he could probably get it done, he's going up against Lee, who's 2-2 two and two in his last four fights, um, he did have a performance at a night, uh, recently over uh, Muslims Salikov. I can't say these names. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So hopefully, uh, we'll see what's up. Um, he also lost to Kamzat Chimaev also. So we just have to see what type of lead we get. Arguably, though, it could. If if you want to call it a throwaway fight, you could say it's a throwaway fight because I guess like we're not really paying attention as much as uh we used to to Tony. But I think Tony can get this done. I don't know what it means for him as far as like rankings and title shots and stuff, but I think uh Tony can get this done and try and build some momentum towards something else. Uh it's, if he loses though, I I I think it's time to hang him up if I'm Tony Ferguson, you know. Um but yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. Um, as soon as he gets he gets back in the octagon and he's healthy, of course. So, uh, yeah, um, there goes there goes that. Uh, so, um, that's uh, the other UFC news and stuff that we have for today. Um, and that will bring me to my, or I should say, our last sponsor which is Buffalo Sports Cards and TCG. Into collecting sports cards? How about trading card games like Pokemon? Well, if so, check out Buffalo Sports Cards and TCG. They do live breaks, singles, giveaways, and personal boxes. Anything from UFC cards to Pokemon cards. Check them out on TikTok at Buffalo Sports Cards TCG. That, that's a capital B. SC and then capital TCG. Also can check them out at whatnot.com slash user slash Buffalo Sports Cards TCG for all your card collecting needs. So we want to thank Buffalo Sports Cards and TCG for sponsoring us too. So go tune in with them, especially if you're good big on collectors and stuff like that. That's you know, that's the type of world we live in today. So Oh, uh, you might want to tune into that, you know, and you know I'm big on stuff like Pokemon and, and um cards like that, especially like so you know you never know, man. Um, tune in. Uh, all of our sponsors have something unique, and I think they appeal to everybody. So definitely go check them out. Um, and for our last segment here, uh, we just have like a couple more little boxing things to go over. Um, I also want to touch on um. Michael Venom Page and um, <coughs> Perry um, at the Fight Club, Brooklyn Fight Club, or Bare Knuckle Fight Club. Sorry, um, I saw I saw some of the highlights, um, and it was just a fucking battle. Um, sorry for my French, but I'm starting to fall in love with this Bare Knuckle stuff, man. Jay, uh. Jay over here got me um got me trying to get these events all the time now. Um, I couldn't watch it live. Uh, I, like I said, I I just you know I have I didn't have much TVs to go around. You know, um, 
But yeah, uh, I definitely saw the highlights, and wow, um, I just it's it's kind of shocking that some of these guys are able to do like these guys are able to do this who just raps on, bro. Because like I don't know, man, I don't know how you're not sleeping at like the end of that, you know. Um, but the fight ended in a draw. And it went to a round six for winner take all, and Perry ended up winning. Um, so that just kind of shows you, like, I don't know what all the controversy is, because you know a lot of people want to go at how the fight was scored or whatever. Me, I look at the action, um, and. You know, people disagree. It shouldn't have been a draw. It shouldn't have even been like that. You know, but at the same time, uh, we got a good fight. You know, um, I'm definitely interested though in this Baron Nuko fighting club though. Like, I definitely gotta, I definitely gotta tune in more, man. When I come back from vacay, you know, uh, I'm gonna try and tune in more with that. I'm and I've, you know, I've been always talking with Jay on the side about, um, uh, BKFC. So I, I definitely. I'm looking forward to that, but yeah, that was that was definitely. I saw the highlights, and it was that was something that really, really caught my attention, and I'm really excited to get into. So, yeah, that yeah, the Bare Knuckle Fight Club, man. Um, congrats to Mike Perry. Uh, uh, Venom. As far as Venom Page, man, look, man, he landed a, a incredible shots, and it was a really good fight. You know, um, nothing to be like. I, I there's there's just nothing you can take away from yourself as far as that you know he, he they they both performed to the best that they could and at the end of the day it was very entertaining um like I said the the decision could be controversial I heard a lot about it but you know I try not to look too much into um that because it just seems like nowadays in every sport we get controversial like scorecards and stuff you know so maybe it's just an overall thing that people got to fix but it was it was good though. Um, Haney versus Cambosis Jr. 2, set for October 15th. Just want to touch on that. Um, I honestly don't think that fight is going to be any different than the first one. Um, if you want my, if you want my guess, I am pretty much guessing that Haney will repeat what he did the first time. He's just going to box Cambosis. He's going to keep him at a distance. He's going to make him uncomfortable. And he's not going to let him fight the style of brawl or of pressure that he brings. Um, Haney is just too good for that, you know? Now, if I'm Cambosis and I want something to try and offset that, I'd say use your pressure but throw. You know, I I think he, he wasn't trying to throw at... Haney wasn't trying to pressure him. He was trying to fight a boxing fight with Devin Haney. And you just can't fight. You can't have a boxing match with Devin Haney. Because Devin Haney is a pure boxer. He knows what he has to do. So, if I'm Cambosis, you want those titles back, you really got to put pressure. And you have to throw those hands. You have to make Haney uncomfortable. You have to look back at some of, like, even at the Lanaris fight. That's a good one to look at, you know, um... Haney is doesn't have many flaws, but if that's if there is one, that is one. You gotta bring that pressure. You gotta throw your hands more. If I'm Cambosis, I'm trying to go in there and take your head off. That's how you should fight, because that's a style. That's a style of fighting that he brings. You know. So yeah, I think, I think that Devin Haney is probably gonna win again. I'm most likely gonna say Devin Haney wins again. Um, but you know. Uh, we just got to see it. We got to see what's up with it. Um, we got to see how Cambosis looks heading into it. So, uh, the next point, uh, is should Benavidez and Charlo be the fight for both? Now, uh, I wanted to cover this specific point because I know it's been picking up a lot of steam, especially with David Benavidez and Jamal Charlo going at it. Um, and honestly, if I'm Charlo... What else do you have? Who else is there that's so threatening to you? David Benavidez is that guy. 
Now, as as far as I've watched David um, Benavidez, as much as I've watched him, as much as I've watched his interviews, and like how he carries himself, the type of fighter he is, he's never shied away from calling out the top guys. I mean, he's only been calling out Canelo forever, but everybody has. But he's been consistent with that. And when a guy shows up to fight, the guy shows up to fight. But that's Charlo, too. Charlo is a problem. If Benavidez and Charlo fight, I tell you Benavidez wins. That doesn't change the fact that that shouldn't be the fight for both of them next. I think they both need each other, especially right now. Uh, Both of them need to step up in competition. Um, They both just keep talking reckless to each other online. And that's the thing. Like, if you're online and you're able to say this stuff online, like, back then it wasn't like that. Back then you heard everything through newspapers or medias, uh, press conferences and all that, all right? So if you're able to do all that, you can definitely fight. And I think David Benavidez and Jamal Charlo is a fight that probably boxing, you know, it's not that big for boxing, but it's definitely a fight, uh, a good fight for boxing. And I definitely think that we will be in for a treat. That'll be a fight. Um, if Charlo and Benavidez really got it, uh, really got it um, going. So, um, between Benavidez's power, his length, uh, his stature, the way that he keeps his combos tight, um, and he throws like that those lefts and rights with just so much conviction, man. Like, he his his power is scary. So if I'm Charlo, I don't want to get touched by that. But if I'm David Benavidez, Charlo is very slick with his uh, combos, and he's very slick on the feet, too. So it's kind of hard to deal with a guy that can move really well and jab you to death, you know? Um, But, yeah, I think that's fight. It should it, it should be up for both of them. I think that's the fight to make for both of them. I think uh, both of them have, like I said, they got to have a step up in competition, and they're looking at it. Each of them is looking at it. So I think David Benavidez and Jamal Charlo should be the fight to make for sure. Um, And our last point on the show, uh, Triple G versus Canelo Alvarez, the third fight. Um, That fight's coming up in about a couple weeks, actually. Um, So obviously the first fight was a draw. This is another trip, but this is a trilogy for boxing that I think is important, especially for both guys involved. Gennady Golovkin, Triple G, obviously had one of the great runs in the division ever. Um, and he's going to go down as one of the best ever. So you run in, uh, and at the same time, Gennady Golovkin was tearing through everybody, and then Canelo came. And we got the super fight, and everybody was excited. And the first fight did not disappoint, you know. People debated that Triple G won the fight. Um, uh, but, you know, they ultimately gave it a draw. I could see where, you know, people want to, like, if you want to say that, you can say that. You know, I see it. The second fight, uh, Canelo definitely did enough to win it. I mean, people did say they thought it was a draw, too, but I'd go with I'd go with he did enough to win the fight. So, um, now we have the third one. We have, uh, this bout coming up in September. And I think that, uh, as far as, uh, those two guys, when it comes to this, this is all about legacy when it comes to Canelo, when it comes to Triple G. Um, and people can say whatever they want about this fight not being that massive, but we have probably a top five boxer in Canelo, who's just coming off of a Bevo loss, you know. Um, and this fight was on, like, his contract, so it's kind of like it, it was already there anyway. But we can't lie and say that we didn't want to see it, especially going off the first two. Um, now, if I had to pick a winner, I'd probably go with Canelo, just because I think Gennady's is starting to see father time. Um, and... You know, his chin grows a little more suspect as the fights go on. Uh, but, you know, like, you can't count him out at the same time. This guy has been a champion. He's He knows what it takes, you know, and he's known for taking some pretty big shots. I've never seen him really even touch the canvas. So, clearly, you know, like, 
this is this is the one that you want to have, especially coming off a defeat to Bivol. Um, so uh, I think that when the the bell rings and we get that going, man, it's, it's going to be fireworks. I will have Canelo winning, though. Uh, I think it would be by knockout. Um, I'm not comfortable enough with telling you when that will be. I I would assume that it will probably happen in the later rounds. I'd probably say like round 11, round 12 type thing. Um, but yeah, fireworks, bro, fireworks. That that fight I will be watching for sure. Um, and um, I'm very interested to see what happens because if Canelo loses, what are we gonna do? You know, um, and it's a very fair question to ask. Uh, so, um, that means a lot. This fight means a lot. Um, and if Triple G wins, you know, I think he has enough in the tank to compete with some guys. Clearly, you can knock off Canelo, but I don't think he will. I just don't think, I don't see it. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, as far as that goes, ladies and gents, um, this was uh, the fourth episode of the 16-ounce podcast. I would just like to thank each and every one of you guys out there who listen, who support, um, who make this easy for us every week and, you know, support us in any, in every way that we, uh, can be supporting, you know, um, and we appreciate the attention. We appreciate it all, you know? Um, so yeah, uh, I hope you guys enjoyed, um, chopping it up with me, um, talking about the great weekend we had, talking about what's going down the line, um, Next week, uh, I will not personally be here. I will be on vacation this time. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, it's great that I left it off here. Um, and, uh, yeah, um, as far as the everything else goes, uh, I can't wait for uh, some of these fights coming up, man. We got some big fights coming up, uh, especially when I'm – Around the time that uh, I get back, you know, we're going to be in September. Um, and we're me and Jay are going to be coming in with some heat, man. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Um, so as far as that, I'd like to say this is Duvet. And this has been the 16-Ounce Podcast, Episode 4. Um, and, yeah, tune in Friday and get to the drop, man. So you guys have a good night. God bless. You're never gonna make it, you're not good enough There's a million other people with the same stuff You really think you're different, and you must be kidding Think you're gonna hit it, but you just don't get it It's impossible, it's not probable, you're irresponsible Too many obstacles, you gotta stop it, yo You gotta take it slow, you can't be a pro Don't waste your time no more Who the fuck are you to tell me what to do? I don't give a damn if you say you disapprove I'm gonna make my move, I'm gonna make it soon And I'll do it cause it's what I wanna fucking do Cause all these-